All right, man. Kind of a loose and fun one today about your friend and mine, the dumbbell. Yes, the old standard. Just a friend waiting in the corner, loyal, you know, just there when you need them, for sure. And the general topic today is just basically like, look, hey, you know, if you've got all the toys in the world, that's fantastic. I'm, 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 I'm jealous. I've got a, you know, a very nicely outfitted garage. It's taken me a very long time mm -hmm. to get there. But for some people, that sort of space might not be an issue. That sort of budget might not be an issue. That sort of whatever might not be an issue. And, but most people, um, you know, if you can afford a smartphone in your pocket, can probably save money after a while and buy one lonely pair of dumbbells to keep in your abode. And we just kind of, the question is, how far can you go if that's all you got for fitness? Absolutely. And I'll take it one step further and say, you don't even need a pair. I think even Ooh, if you just have go, one, yeah. you are going to be just fine. And dumbbells are one of those things too. I think it doesn't matter how great your setup is, or at least for me, uh, I still am always on the prowl for a set of dumbbells. Mm. And I'll tell you a great, perfect example. I was walking my dog in the neighborhood just, I don't know, two weeks ago. And there was a little uh, yard sale happening a couple blocks from my house. And I was like, oh, well, I'm on the way anyway. I might as well just kind of take a look and peek in. And sure enough, sitting there for 10 bucks was a pair of 20-pound dumbbells, 20-pound oh, steel nice. dumbbells. They're sitting right here now. And I was like, for yeah, how much? have to have them. 10 bucks for oh, the pair. Yeah, I mean. Uh, you have to do it. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, full disclosure, I too have a ridiculously outfitted garage gym because I've been collecting gear for no joke now over 20 years. And so if you come in and you see my garage, you're like, good God, who would need all this stuff for, for your garage? You're right. I probably don't. But it's that slow accumulation. And despite the fact that I've got everything I could ever want in my setup, I still will always pick up a pair of dumbbells if I see them around. It's just mm -hmm. one of those things that they're, they're good to have. I will, you know, I'll go this far, you know, going back to the topic of if all you have is dumbbells, can you get fit? Mm. And I will say, you know, the short answer being yes, and we'll dive into why we firmly believe that is. But I'll say not only a couple things. I'll say not only you're not going to get like okay fit. If you have right. a pair of dumbbells, you could become like a ferocious animal of fitness, yeah. like a a a beast. And I will also say if you have all the gear in the world, and so it's easy, and most, most things are programmed with a barbell, I would highly recommend once a week, you know, however the frequency is, grab the dumbbells and do a dumbbell version of whatever the workout happens to be. It's going to hit in a different way. It's going to wake up some areas of your body that you might feel like you've never worked out before. It's going to push the margins of your experience. It's going to be nothing but a positive, you know, a positive benefit for your health and, and, and longevity. So grab those dumbbells, even if you've got all the kit in the world. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that more broadly, you could even take that to kind of any piece of basic equipment. We're talking about dumbbells sure, yeah, today, yeah. But, but I think that it's a really good reminder, no matter how experienced you are and, you know, kind of where you are in your, your fitness journey. Uh, but just to come back to the idea that it doesn't take a lot to get a lot. And uh, I think it can be kind of fun, actually, to put those limitations on yourself and see how creative you can be with your programming, see how you can just kind of problem solve around not having all of the equipment that you might want. And you'd be surprised at how well you can fill in those gaps, even, even if it's a self-restriction. Uh, and I think it's a valuable exercise to do from time to time, especially if you're somebody who's going to be training others or coaching others uh, in any capacity, because sooner or later, you're going to have that client that comes along 
and says, hey, I'm going to be on vacation for two weeks. What mm-hmm. do I do? Or, hey, you know what? Uh, life has changed. I can only make it into the affiliate once a week. What can I do to fill in the gaps? And, and this is what I have. And if you're not comfortable with that, um, you know, you're going to be at a disadvantage. And it doesn't take a lot to get pretty, pretty comfortable saying, oh, you know what? This is actually fun to boil yeah. it right down to the elements and say, where can we push you? despite the fact that you, you only have like one or two things. I, I think it's just the coolest thing. And, and what's cool is, you know, we're both in a fair amount of traveling and sometimes in nice hotels and sometimes hotels that wouldn't be deemed quite as nice. Mm-hmm. And, and more and more frequently, you can find a dumbbell rack in most, if the, if the gym has, if the hotel has a hotel gym, you know, yeah. they're most likely not going to have barbells and bumpers and all that, but there's a pretty good chance that they threw a dumbbell rack in the corner. It may not be the beautiful, fancy dumbbells with knurling that you want, but you got some dumbbells. And I'll throw this one out there just to get us off track before we even get started. This is one of my go-to's uh, hotel workouts. And I think the last time I did this, I think it was for like the Rogue Invitational or something a couple of years ago where I flew in. Charlie Doobie, mutual friend, happened to fly in at the same time. And my my personal ethos, if you will, is when I land, before I can talk myself out of it, I go right to the gym. Mm-hmm. I change into workout gear. There's not a shower. There's not there's no whatever. I go right to the gym before I can just get distracted. And Charlie and I did this thing that we call we run the rack. I think you're probably familiar yep. with this. Where we start with let's say the let's say they go up to fifties by fives. If um if they start at you know fives, we're gonna do the fives, tens, fifteens. Probably grab like the 15s or the 20s, I bet we grab. And I do 10 thrusters, then he does 10 thrusters. And there's just work rest. And then we grab up by five pounds. I do 10 thrusters, he does 10 thrusters. So by the end, you accumulate a very fair number of thrusters. You know, you're doing like somewhere over over 100 thrusters, but it starts at a low weight, 20s, 25s, 30s. And then, you know, you hit the 40, 45s, 50s, then you go back down, 45, 40. So that top of the pyramid sucks. (laughs) <laughs> but everything else is like gravy. You feel good. It does not take long. It kind of has a built-in warm-up. And man, you are not going to be shortchanged. You r- run the rack. Yeah, absolutely not. I think that highlights exactly what you said before, which is, you know, okay, you got a pair of dumbbells and the will to use them. You are not going to be at a deficiency if you are creative in the way that you approach it. I mean, yeah, you could argue in the most obje- objective sense, there's going to be some things that are going to be harder to develop, you know, like sure. your top yeah. end strength yes, yes. And, and certain positions that are specific to a barbell, things like that. Of course, they're going to be difficult to develop with a pair of dumbbells. But if you're looking at the broad base of what your fitness is going to be and, and what it can apply to, you're going to be just fine uh, with that. Yep. And I would say there's there's two different questions there, which are, yeah. uh, and we'd be very honest about, right? Let's say that we open up your garage gym. And there's all that beautiful kit there. Then we open up a second door and there's only one pair of 50-pound dumbbells mm. on the floor. And you ask me, which of these two scenarios can you optimize my fitness with? It's an easy, yeah, obviously. I can, we can go heavy. Yeah. We can load up the back squat. We can do push jerks, of course. Uh, so you're not going to optimize your fitness. Like I'm not going to make you the most capable athlete that I can as a strength and conditioning coach if you limit me to that tool. But you will be more than you need for the overwhelming majority of situations on the earth. That's that's what I'm trying to get across. That's my general point. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, you know, I think let's talk about some ways to do that. 
Uh, and like I said, I, I take it a step further and say that you can be even more minimalist. And even with a single dumbbell, I think you're going to be just fine. Um, and one of the first exercises, in my opinion, when you're faced with this kind of restrictive task of saying, I've got one or two pieces of equipment and I need to develop a full program with it, is to sit down and list what do I have available to me. So that's the wide range of activities that you can think of with that piece of equipment. And then what can you do without that piece of equipment? And what I think is always striking when people do this for the first time is just how many things there are to do, even with a minimal number of equipment. Um, I, I don't think people consider that until they see it listed out in front of them. The, the number of exercises and variations that are possible with little to no equipment is pretty profound. Mm -hmm. um, but it's easy to kind of discount that when you're comparing it to, like you said, that ideal state of a gym full of equipment. Of course, that's going to be a longer list, but that's not to take away from what is possible with that minimal equipment. So sit down and list it out. That's the first step, in my opinion, because it is surprising what you do have access to. Yeah. And, you know, no bike, no rower, no problem. You're going to run every single solitary time. You know, is mm -hmm. it ideal? No, you'll be phenomenal. Don't have a box to jump on. No worries. Tuck jumps, broad jumps. I mean, you can get in some mm -hmm. sort of a jump that you'll be good to go. You don't have a jump rope. You can do jumping jacks, you know, and actually jumping jacks at high volume suck because you never trip and you never fail. So you hit this like cardiorespiratory misery that you can just sustain, <laughs> you know, so yep. there's a lot of great things that you can do. And, you know, maybe we can just chat about some playing around with some workouts. I don't know where you want to start with this, but we could go wherever wherever you think. Yeah, uh, I, let's start there with some of those variations. Um, you know, so the beauty of the dumbbell is that pretty much anything you do with it with two hands can be done one handed. And so, like I said, you can strip it down even further than the necessity of having a pair. So if you do have a pair, that just doubles, almost doubles your, your opportunities. So anytime you list a movement, if you're going to go through that exercise and you have a pair, well, you also have the single arm variation, which in some ways can be more difficult, maybe not in terms of the absolute loading, but the positional demands and the coordination that it, it requires mm -hmm. can be eye-opening to do something like a single arm thruster even though the total load on the body is halved, it's no picnic to do something like that. Um, so that's Single a that's arm overhead squat. You know, you might, you might find out you can't even do it. Yes, exactly. Um, and then there's also things that you can consider where if you want to make the exercise harder, you can think about placement. You know, where am I putting this dumbbell on my person to make the, the movement uh, easier or harder? So a walking lunge is a great example. It, maybe the walking lunge with a single dumbbell isn't that challenging because the weight's not crazy that you have access to. Okay, well, let's try it in the rack position instead of the hang position. See how that mm -hmm. changes the game. Okay, let's try it in the overhead position as opposed to the rack position. Let's see how that changes the game. Maybe you do have access to both. Well, maybe you hold each arm in a different position and switch that up to see how that affects things. Uh, you know, So that's just one example of how you can cook a movement with a bunch of different variations and still add some difficulty to it, uh, despite the fact that you haven't changed the tool. Let me put you on the spot for something, because I don't remember yeah. what year this happened. Maybe you do. Do you remember the year that dumbbells made their first appearance in the open? Uh, I do not offhand. I want to say it was 20. Bit. I want to say it was 2014, but I think that might be wrong. Okay. But, um, you know, it's been a bit. 
you know, it's been, yeah, here we are it's, it's certainly approaching yeah. 2024. It's, um, so, you know, based upon that, so every, every workout that I program for my community, I program a dumbbell version as well. And I assume yep. a 50 pound pair of dumbbells for men and a pair of 35s for women, just because that's what most CrossFitters picked up when it made its appearance sure. in the worldwide opens. So if you're going to have a pair, that's probably the most common pair that that's going around. And so yeah. that's kind of what I assume is my base metric. If I'm looking at a workout that maybe is classically a barbell workout and I want to make it dumbbell friendly, you know, so for example, if the, if the loading's really close, right? I mean, a pair of fifties is a hundred pounds, a pair of 35s is 70 pounds. If you're looking like your Fran, your 2159 that normally has a 95 pound barbell. Okay. The dumbbells weigh a hundred pounds. Yes. They're more unwieldy. Yeah. Yes. It's not the exact same, but I just, just keep the reps the exact same. You got dumbbell Fran, you're good to go. So when it's really close, I feel like it's not that challenging to to create that. And if the movement, you know, lends itself well, it's not, you know, a one arm overhead squat or dumbbell snatch or something like that. If the loading is a bit off, you know, if you're thinking about something like Diane, where now mm -hmm. it's not, it's 225 in the barbell for men and 155. This is not exact and it doesn't work all the time, but if you want like a rough metric, you could just crunch the numbers, right? So if you do 21 reps at 225 pounds and figure out how much load are you moving, you're moving, I did the numbers for the show, but 4,725 pounds. If you, you mm -hmm. take that, you divide it by 100 pounds because that's what the, a pair of dumbbells weighs, that means you should do 47.25 reps. I mean, so that gets you in the ballpark of like doing roughly the same amount of work. And you could play that game for a lighter load, a heavier load, whatever it happened to be. And while it's not precise, because I know that you're moving your body weight across those reps as well. So if you know, you're a math purist, I know it's not exactly the same, but I'm here to tell you from implementing this sort of stuff for years and years and years over a large population of people, it works just fine. You know, you're going to get really yep. fit. You'll do your version of Diane. And actually, you know, so if you're thinking about this at home, if you ran those out for the 21, the 15, and the 9 as to what that would, you know, exactly come out for the dumbbells, that would have come out to 47, 34, 20, okay, which mm. is, I like round numbers, those aren't round numbers, those give me anxiety, I don't like them at all, 47, 30, 20, that's really close, really close to if you just doubled 21, 15, 9. So instead of 47, 30, 20, you could go 42, 30, 18. And you could have this nice, simple rep scheme that you're just doubling the amount of handstand push mm -hmm. you do. There it is. And you get a little bit of a longer pull with the dumbbells. Again, you're not going to be shortchanged by doing 10 reps less than the actual math shook out. And I've found doing something like that, It'll get you, if you're new to trying to figure out workouts with dumbbells, that kind of simple back of the, back of the napkin math, that's going to get you in the ballpark very frequently. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's interesting, too, this kind of jogged my memory about, you know, weight selection and that sort of thing. If you go back in the kind of archives of CrossFit.com workouts and recommendations and things like that, um, I think it was in one of the earlier journal articles, um, you know, they're talking about how do you outfit a garage gym? What are some kind of basic fundamental pieces of equipment that are non-negotiable? Mm -hmm. And the thing that was stated was a, a pair of 35-pound dumbbells for men. Mm -hmm. And that was the load. And I thought that was really interesting. And reflecting back on that, I still think it's interesting. Um, and I'm kind of reading between the lines and paraphrasing a little bit here. But I believe it's because the emphasis was on fitness rather than a preoccupation with strength. And I feel like culturally... 
CrossFit as it stands today, like people have gotten so strong and they place such a premium on that, that characteristic of strength that they are enticed to want dumbbells to be this heavy duty, arduous thing. But unfortunately, in my opinion, that limits their utility to some degree. If you pick too heavy, you're going to be in a position where you're going to get less out of that tool than if you're just a little bit under in weight. If you have something that you're like, you know what, I can handle this no matter what, it really pushes you in other ways that, in my opinion, are more broad than just how strong are you uh, and, and how much is your strength endurance. So to me, I think that those conversations around conversion, they're really interesting and it's cool to think about it. But another approach that sidesteps that entirely is like, okay, what, what if I have too light a dumbbell, quote unquote, mm-hmm. then what do I do? And, uh, you know, I think there's a couple different answers there. You can look for more difficult variations or you can look for greater range of motion. Mm-hmm. That's another really good uh, approach. So if we take something like Diane and you're like, man, I've got a pair of 35 pound dumbbells, that's not a significant deadlift for, for a lot of reps. Maybe I double the reps and it's still, you know, not that significant. Okay. Well, what's a greater range of motion pulling ex- exercise that I could do than a deadlift? Well, maybe it's a double dumbbell high pull mm-hmm. where the dumbbells are coming up to the shoulders uh, every time. Sorry, I dropped some of my equipment here. Um, <laughs> that's an option. Or a double dumbbell snatch, you know, something like that where Power you've, you've extended that range of motion significantly. Exactly. And so, yeah, the loading in an absolute sense isn't any greater, but the demands of the movement are now much greater. Yes. And I, there, I'm glad you jogged my memory and something like that because you know, if you are programming for a group of people, you have to make some sort of like, hey, this is what we're going to use as a universal. You might mm-hmm. deviate to the left, you might deviate to the right, up or down, right? But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Diana 225 might be inappropriate for you. So you should sure. change that, you know, like same with the, you know, the dumbbell deal. If you are lucky enough to have a variety of dumbbells, you know, if we're speaking about the gentleman, you might not want to grab the 50s just because they're the quote unquote prescribed. Because I'm here to tell you, somebody that has a nice dumbbell selection out there and have been using dumbbells for years. A pair of 50s is beefy, okay? Yeah. Like for I most mean, people, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's just don't think just because that's what made its appearance in the open yep. that seems to be rather common. If you're throwing around a pair of 50s for dumbbell thrusters, power cleans, you got one in each hand for walk and lunge, you're knocking out push presses and floor presses. That yep. is not a joking loading in any way shape or form and I Yeah. I just as often as I walk out into my garage and grab the 50s, I grab the 35s without a moment's hesitation. So would I love for you to have a couple sets of dumbbells? I absolutely would. You know, if you just got one, you do what you can. But yeah, don't don't get that twisted around. 35s for women and 50s for men are no laughing matter. Yeah, it's stout for sure. And and again, you know, with David Osorio on not too long ago, he's talking about this whole concept of RX not being useful in mm-hmm. his group setting. Uh, I think a similar approach can be taken here where like you really, you got to evaluate your own strengths and weaknesses. And if 50 pounds are a reach out the gate, I would highly recommend that you reconsider and think about the thing that you're going to get a ton of utility Absolutely. right out the gate. I would rather have you feel like you've outgrown it than, oh man, I just can't use it or yep. it's got limited utility especially if you're if you're trying to put yourself in a position where you can maximize the tool mm-hmm. and that's all you've got access to it's even more important in my opinion that you don't overreach out the gate yeah as a matter of fact it's a common recommendation that I'll hear mm-hmm. and I endorse if uh 
you know, without knowing anything else about them, right? I know that people have all different, you know, levels of strength and all this, but just I don't know much about the person at all. And a gentleman's like, looking to get a pair of dumbbells from my garage, what should I get? First thing I say is a pair of 35s, not a pair of 50s. And if yep. the women are like, what should I get? I tell them a pair of 25s, not a pair of 35s. And yeah, you will, it'll be a while before you wear those out and feel the need to go up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe we should talk a little bit about uh, the things that you will be limited by with dumbbells. Because I do think it's important to acknowledge that, yeah, there will be certain characteristics that are going to be a lot more challenging to develop with a pair of dumbbells, particularly if you are starting, like we're recommending, with a pair that's maybe not as, um, you know, heavy duty on the on the loading end. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that? Because I, I do think that there's a couple of limitations that jump out to me right away. Well, I think what most people, where they'll feel like they're getting short change, and understandably so, is not in these mixed modality, Metcon sort of style work. It's, it's going to be, well, hey, what I should be doing today is a seven by one deadlift. And I'm looking mm -hmm. in my garage and there's the pair of 50 pound dumbbells. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you, as I said previously, and I say this to my own community all the time, even if you have all the gear, not only would I choose the dumbbells every now and then, but I would encourage people to choose them on a heavy day. Like, don't grab the barbell, grab the grab the dumbbell. Yeah. So, for example, if it's a seven by one deadlift day, if we think about now, I know that the deadlift requires head to toe strength and that every muscle in your body is engaged. So please, under, I don't know, audience, I, I get that. But if we break down some of the major areas that we'd be trying to strengthen with the barbell and think about how could I strengthen them with these dumbbells, you know, you've, you've mentioned this before. Like I've got a couple knobs that I can twist, right? I mean, so if if you're telling me I have to reduce the loading, I'm probably going to increase the volume of work that I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, instead of doing seven by one deadlifts, we're going to do more sets of more reps of something with these dumbbells. And it wouldn't be uncommon on a seven by one deadlift day for me to assign, um, let's see, single leg. I love putting in some single leg deadlifts. I think they're fantastic, you know, depending upon the the weight that you have, four sets of 12 per side could be could be great. And you're resting as you need between those things. Um, I would put in some single arm bent over rows as well to kind of work that back. I would even go below parallel on a day, even though it's you wouldn't traditionally do that with a deadlift day. But I put in like some Bulgarian split squats, mm -hmm. you know, on yep. both uh, three to four sets per side as well. And then I would even fire it up at the end with um, accumulate like five minutes in a plank hold or something like that to work the back as well. And from the single leg stiff legged deadlifts, the bent over rows, the Bulgarian split squats and the plank hold, you could either do those, you know, all the Bulgarians, then all the rows and all the squats in the plank hold, or you could superset them as well. You know, you could do whatever you want, but you're going to be in the gym between warming up and resting between those things. It's going to take a little bit to get through all of that. And a similar scheme I would play if a seven by one back squat came up, like whatever it is, I could break it down into what I'm trying to strengthen the body and then do it with these dumbbells in some sort of a similar way. And it's been long enough. I can tell you that I've had people that have not been able to touch their barbell for, let's just say six months because they went on deployment. They moved mm -hmm. their house. They had to move into an apartment for a while. They didn't have all their gear. They just had the dumbbells and they returned to the barbell like half a year later with either shockingly like no loss, I've seen everything from no loss of strength, a profoundly minimal loss of strength, 
or like somebody goes, I don't know what happened. I just PR'd my back squat. Like I've seen all of that yeah. happen. And so again, getting back to that phrase that I overuse all the time, but you're not going to be shortchanged even on a seven by one deadlift day with something that I just said right there. And you can even put in something like a, um, um, why is it escaping me right now? Like a glute bridge. Like you do a glute mm-hmm. bridge or like a hip thrust with a barbell. You can do that by placing, you know, one dumbbell on the on on your lap. And even though that's not that heavy, you will either increase the reps, like for sets of 50, with a, like a one to two second pause at the top. Or if you want to make them even more challenging, take one foot off the ground. Have one foot yep. kicked out in the air and like just your left legs on the ground. And I'm here to tell you, even at no loading, glute bridges with one foot on your ground and like a one to two second pause at the top, you don't need to do a lot before your entire backside feels like you have been deadlifting. And so with a a little bit of knowledge and not a lot of gear, you can maintain and develop a a really usable amount of strength has been my uh, understanding. Yeah, I don't agree or I don't disagree with any of that. And uh, I particularly like, you know, a single leg, stiff legged deadlift. Oh, yeah. Great exercise. Um, and one that I think that uh, is criminally underrated is a, I'll, I'll call it a, uh, what's, what's the best word for this? Uh, like a non-cheating like a step up. No, like a non-cheating step, step up. Uh, and what I mean by that, an honest step up. A lot of times when people start playing with the step up, really what it is, is it's a bent leg uh, unweighting of my back leg until I can get both feet on the box and then stand up using both of my legs. Okay, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that if you're just looking to get the grunt work done. But a legitimate step up where you put your leg on the box and there's no assist from the um, trailing leg Amen. from a deep lunge position. And you can modify that height. You can make it as granular as you want. Um, you don't need a lot of load for that, especially if you can really get the range of motion up there. And being legit about starting from that deficit with no assist from the trailing leg is a leg blaster. Oh, um, man. And, you know, I the, couldn't the most, agree. Yes, man. Yes. The most honest way to approach that, in my opinion, is to start with your uh, your box to your side. And so you're basically uh, in, in parallel with it. You step up with the close side, and then you take your trailing leg off of the ground an inch or two. And then from that static position, stand up. So there's no chance that you can assist with that trailing leg. It's basically like doing a modified single leg squat from a variable depth and starting out of the hole. It's a great exercise. And I think it's totally fundamentally overlooked. And it doesn't take a lot of load to really start to feel that. Um, and that's that's going to develop some phenomenal leg strength if you're if you're diligent with it. Oh, I, I mean, I, I mean. 100% yes on that box step up, you know, and I think that's, um, I don't know if the word I'm searching for, how to describe it is that that's the difference, right? Because I guess it's almost like kipping versus strict is maybe how yeah. I could have it in my head. It's like if you, if you put it into a Metcon, you're using your total body to just get it accomplished. You get it accomplished, get it accomplished, you're like a kipping pull up. But if you were to put it into a strength day, absolutely, like you're saying, like choose the box height and choose the loading so that there's there's no assistance other than balance happening with that leg on the floor. It is a 100% drive from yep. that leg at the top, like build that leg. And, yeah. and then if you don't have, um, maybe you're just a beast, right? You don't have enough load that an alternating like that is enough for you because you're the Hulk, then just keep that one <laughs> leg at the top 
and yep. do 12 or 15 in a row on that leg before you yeah. switch the other. You're going to find a way to hit the appropriate amount of, of uh, intensity for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's important too for people to understand with any movement is, okay, what is the expected outcome given the context of the whole workout? And so what I mean by that is, okay, the step up is a great example, right? If I have that to your point in a conditioning workout at Metcon, yeah, I'm not going to worry too much about the technique. I'm just going to get up there and get back down. You're going to get point, some boom from the other leg. Yeah, of some... course. Yeah, the, the, the point is that it's the systemic effect is what I'm going for. That is to my advantage to try to be efficient and try to keep moving, et cetera. That's the effect that I want. However, if I'm talking about a strength context, I don't want that. I want to eliminate as much of that as possible. And so people look at that kind of myopically sometimes and they say, okay, what's the right way to do this movement? You're like, well, for what? Mm -hmm. The right way to do it for what outcome? That's what I'm interested in. And so when you start thinking about things specifically like that, man, you realize that you get a lot more variation than maybe you considered before. And talking about swinging back to how a pair of 50s for the men and 35s for the women are no laughing matter, to this day, a, um, you know, working out for decades now, I've never grabbed a pair of 50-pound dumbbells for Bulgarian split squats ever in my <laughs> entire life. I mean, I do that'd be like a one rep max. Those things are so darn hard. You know, if, if I do four sets of 10 per leg with the 35s, I'll be incapacitated. I mean, so there again, you choose the movement selection, all that. You don't need to go super heavy to get in a tremendous workout with a pair of dumbbells. Yeah. And that's also why if, you know, a CrossFitter has been listening to this and they're like, I got a 405 pound back squat. What are you talking about? I, but I've never, you know, I always lift heavy in those days. I don't, I don't do those. You go and you choose an option. Like I just said, and you don't touch the barbell that day. You're going to wonder, you're like, well, what happened to my strong legs? Like they're just, they just hit yeah. different. And I'll give you an example of a, of a dumbbell workout that I've come back to a couple times, either because I'm rushed for time or I just want to be really mean to myself or whatever, whatever it happens to be. <laughs> And it's on like a, a heavy day, like a five by five back squat, right? That's a serious effort in the gym. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously it takes me a lot less time to warm up to grab a pair of 50 pound dumbbells and to warm up to a one rep max and do the five by five. I'll do two rounds for time or not for time. It doesn't matter. It's two rounds. Couldn't be simpler, Boz, of 50 air squats unloaded, right? 50 air squats. Okay. A great start. <laughs> 50 meter walking lunge with the dumbbells Ugh, yeah. just two rounds 50 air squats 50 meter lunge two times through it takes oh my goodness a... man <laughs> and the lunges you know and nothing needs to be unbroken pause and shake out at whatever reps you know whenever you need to pause and shake out it does yeah. not take long to warm up for it does not take long to do and if you became competent at that i don't know what your one rep would shake out for but you would be just fine walking around planet earth yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'll give you one of my favorite go-tos. Uh, this with a single dumbbell. Um, this is when I don't have a lot of time. I don't want to warm up a bunch. I just, you know, got to get something in, but it's, it's maybe not my most motivated effort or I don't have, you know, the, the, the luxury of doing what I really want to do that day, mm -hmm. which would be like a full session, whatever. Uh, 10 minutes on the clock, uh, as many rounds as possible, 10 dumbbell snatches alternating, 10 burpees over the dumbbell laterally. Rinse and repeat, mm. 10 minutes, go for it. And I mean, I've never come out of that one saying, yeah, I wish that I had uh, <laughs> more time 
to really push the boundaries on that. You know, that's always one that does the trick. Oh, man. Okay. I, yeah, this is totally off topic and edge, but I'm just fascinated by it. And I, I shouldn't say that I know this to be true because I haven't, you know, obviously run like a double blind placebo, whatever trial or run up. But that being said, I know that it's true. Man, I would love to have some sort of person somehow that you could have two people running in parallel, right? Like, like clones of one another. One's doing the workout of the day with, with all the kit, all the bells and whistles. And then the other person did it, modified it. Let's, you know what? Let's be really kind to them. We have one pair of dumbbells and a pull-up bar. That's what they got. They got nothing right. else. And then, but before, but before they started this year-long excursion, they were working out with all the kids. So they knew they were one rep yeah. deadlift. They're one rep back squat, clean and jerk. And then, I'd, and then you mimic that as close as you can. A year later, retest all of those after like a solid year of not touching anything heavier than that pair of dumbbells. And I would love to see across the board for such an experience, uh, extended period of time what that looked like, you know, in a head-to-head comparison. And, and I wouldn't expect them to keep up with the person that had all the bells and whistles, but I think the general population would be shocked at how much they maintained. I guess that's kind of my point. Well, I, I completely agree. And it begs a really interesting question, which is like, what is the minimal amount of gear and exercise selection that you can get away with and still really push the needle forward? And and I agree with you. I think having been around this a long time, and, and I'll admit my bias too, you know, that was one of the things that really attracted me to CrossFit in the first place is that it did come out and say, like most of the things you see going on in the commercial gym are a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, like so it was a reductionist program to some degree despite the fact that it's asking you to to get good at all these different things um i, I would expect exactly what you're saying but the difference is going to be pretty minimal and it's not going to take a lot to really maintain it and, and i'll go one step further and say that you know for somebody who's not a specialist so if you take somebody from a really specific powerlifting background and you run that experiment well, of mm-hmm. course, they're going to have sure. their numbers drop off more yeah. significantly because because that's their peak was higher. That was what they were focused on. That would make a lot of sense. But if we're talking about a generalist, just somebody who is, you know, you're, you're CrossFit enthusiast, maybe they're doing it at a, at a high level even, um, I bet you'd be surprised at how similar it is. And I'd also say to your earlier point, I bet a lot of people would be surprised at how there could be a restorative effect in many cases from stepping away from the regularity of something mm. like barbell training. Um, and, you know, you look at many programs throughout the world, uh, the, the old, you know, Soviet style um, GPP programs. I mean, this is where a lot of these kind of theories came from. And if in many, many sports, they were adamant about different times of the year, stepping away from the thing that you were doing specifically and being more, more general because of the restorative effect, everything had a season. It was not about like just grinding away forever. I'm, I'm lifting the barbell day in and day out forever. No, you step away so that you can restore the body a little bit. You can let that technique settle in. You can reintegrate and come back to it with a bit more freshness. And there was, you know, quite often a rebound effect from that where maybe at the outset, a couple of pounds had dropped off, but in very short order, you're back to where you were or if not beyond it. And mm. I, I think that's what you're saying that you've seen with people that have taken that time off, right? Yeah, for sure. And um, I guess I'll end on this one anecdotal piece of evidence, if you want to call it. It's, it's, you know, I know that an N of one is stupid. I'm just talking about myself. But, you know, with my bad shoulders and my bad overhead position, I very frequently, I shouldn't say very frequently, I constantly sub out overhead for pressing in other directions. And so I do a, 
um, I probably do dumbbell bench press once a week, you know, for in lieu of something else. Maybe I'll do dips the other day or whatever it is. But it's always just, I grab the 50s. I mean, that's what I do. And, and it's usually, yep. you know, not for a crazy rep range. And it, it is what it is. But I never lift heavier than that on the bench. And then about sometime within the last calendar year, I got a wild hair. And I wanted to see without, quote unquote, training for it, if I could do the, the Rogue had that 1,000 pound challenge deal, you know, the, the CrossFit total deal, the total. And so I was like, okay, I got an idea where my squat and my dad is. I'm like, but the bench press. I, I couldn't, mark. huge question mark. I couldn't tell you, I've never bench pressed more than a hundred pounds in like the last however long. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how this is going to go. And I kept calling out my wife. I didn't have, you know, and I didn't want to like risk my life and her life, you know, bench pressing. But with her there, I worked up to, it was hard. I might've been able to go a bit more if I had somebody else bench, uh, get uh, spotting, but not much. I'm not going to be crazy. But I got 255, you know, for a one rep max yeah. bench press with never touching more than a pair of 50 pound dumbbells. Like, I don't think that's too bad for somebody who never bench presses heavy ever in their life. So I think there is yeah. such value, even on the top end of strength, of these workouts that we do that I don't think people give them enough enough credit for. And I know that's a, a one-person example, but I, I've seen it also replicated and shouted from so many other people that I feel comfortable saying it on the podcast. You know, I think people would find that to be the case. So that's about it. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So I think, yeah, the, the answer is a resounding yes. If that's all you've got access to, you're going to have plenty to keep you busy. You're going to be able to push the needle out in, in ways that maybe you hadn't even considered. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of strategies there. Number one, pick a little bit lighter than maybe you think you need so that you have access to more activities. Uh, make sure you have a big list of those things that you can do and then start looking at how variations can challenge movement to get different outcomes. What, what is the variation of this movement that lends itself well to something like a, a Metcon? Mm -hmm. What is the variation of this movement that could affect my strength a little bit more because the position is more demanding or the leverage is worse? Um, and once you've got that kind of sorted out, man, you're off to the races. And when in doubt, do death by dumbbell thrusters. There you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, will, you will be good to go for the apocalypse or whatever comes your way. Uh, as always, we appreciate the questions, the comments, the ideas, please go to varynotrandom.com. Check out all the cycles that we offer. I think you'd be really happy about them. And there's actually, maybe by the time this post, there'll be a new one that was in the works that should be live. Uh, in addition to like, you know, get your first pull-up, handstand, walk, that kind of good stuff, and some linear um, strength programs on there. There is some on-ramps. There was a dumbbell on-ramp on there. Speaking of dumbbells, a bodyweight on-ramp. And we had the barbell on-ramp in the works, but it wasn't published yet. And I think it should be published by the time the show uh, airs. So go ahead and check that All out. Right. Yeah, so it should be cool. So find this show on the BTWB YouTube channel. Let us know your thoughts on dumbbells. Maybe you've had some experience. Maybe you're the person I talked about that knew all your numbers, dumbbells for a year, and came back. How to shake out for you? Or if you have an idea for a new show, let us know. For Adrian Bosman. I'm Pat Sherwood, and we'll see you next time.